You've tuned into the Bellingham Podcast for the week of October 26, 2020. This is episode 169. From that second part city by the Salish Sea, I am AJ Barsay. And again and yet again, I am Chris Powell. On this episode, we're continuing what we started last week. We were talking about email. We do it every day. It's the bane of our existence, but we're approaching 2021 and we're coming up with other ideas and mindsets and tips for you to be able to wrangle that inbox and make it tame. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the Bellingham Podcast. Well, my email cowboy, how we doing? <laughs> Gideon up, Gideon up. We uh, like keeping things in bite-sized chunks as opposed to a hundred minute marathon like some podcasts you might be encountering so we decided to stick a fork in this uh episode last week and we are continuing the conversation previously on the bellingham podcast if the tldr too long didn't, <laughs> didn't read, read. <laughs> yeah, exactly. very good yeah that's my short-term memory coming back um so to recap in case you uh didn't listen to 168. We were talking about the types of email. Yeah, there's a lot out there. Uh, how you store your email. Is it all in the inbox? If it is, we'll pray for you. Uh, <laughs> but if there's a whole lot of subfolders or uh, you know other types of places to store them, where I think we touched upon keeping an organized list or some yeah. type of taxonomy uh, of where to bring your emails, triage them, if you will to use the term you used last episode, uh, in, a, in a logical manner that's easy to access. Uh, we talked about notifications. Yep. And when you check your email and how you check your email. Yes, and uh, the discipline involved in that, that could be a whole episode in itself. Oh, yeah. But uh, where we were going with you know, how to be uh, a better sender, we're all dealing with email and how to be able to uh, avoid a whole lot of grum grumbliness from the sender or the recipient's standpoint. Mm -hmm. the, the BCC list is your friend, blind carbon copy, uh, to be able to put people in that field. They'll still get your email, don't worry, but they won't know who else is being addressed in that email and all replies will come to you. Yep, That's golden in this current era of mega threads. And then on top of that, again, sp giving a specify a, specify a time. So like, especially if you send, like uh, uh, we ended the last episode, you know, if you're gonna send an email at the end of the day, give, give the person a little bit of insight of when you're expecting a reply. Please advise. No, yeah, that's not, no, a, that's not what no. we're looking for. So what I really wanna harp on with email is, this is an asynchronous tool, okay? Especially in 2020, we have, I think we've now recognized that email is the, uh, the I don't know, the, the proverbial sending an official memorandum, okay? As opposed to pre-COVID, it was really kind of used as like a synchronous chat tool for some people. You know, the 140 character subject line respondents type of people, and oh, there's yes. nothing in the body. Please yeah. stop doing that. Now with 2020 and everybody being decentralized these days and going into 2021, messaging platforms are here to stay. Use email as an asynchronous tool, okay? If you're going to send an email, okay, if you specify a time, that is my biggest thing, or you will be burned at the stake in my book, okay? <laughs> well, now. Okay. I'm serious. There is no need if, if because, again, uh, you don't know when the person is going to be checking their email. You don't know if they're block timing it, like uh, we mentioned in the previous episode where you're, you're dedicating a time at the beginning of the day. If you want a response and you need it ASAP, you, I, I, I use that intentionally. Yep. If you need it by tomorrow, if you need it by a tight turnaround, 
Email is not the place to do that. Call the person, message the person, do not use it in email. And keep in mind, also have the perspective that when you're sending an email for someone who has a need, that you have a need for help, keep in mind, they may already be helping out another client. Or three. We don't stroll into a doctor's waiting room, give a little nod through our mask or an eyebrow raise through our mask at the receptionist uh, in the front office area and walk into the waiting rooms open up all of the patient rooms to see if the doctor's around and say, Hey doc, I got this problem. The doctor, if they don't throw you out on your (laughs) ear or inject you with a tranquilizer shot, will probably say I'm with a a patient right now. Please wait. (laughs) Sup. I'm here for my flu shots. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. But anyway, it it gives us a chance to be able to respond in a due amount of time that meets your needs and and the level of urgency. And let's talk about that word urgent or ASAP. (sighs) When you receive an email, do you like hearing urgent or ASAP? Guess what that triggers in my mind? This could be a phishing email. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I may know that you are a, a frequent email sender that comes into my inbox. But when I hear urgent or ASAP, there's cortisol that gets tra- that gets transferred in my body or released. There's a certain need for action right there. And I understand that you've got a situation you can't solve and your reputation and or your dignity is on the line. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Just take it from me. I've been doing this for almost a quarter century. It is going to be okay. This too shall pass. Yeah. I, and I, I usually use this analogy of Unless you're a neurosurgeon, because you're saving lives, okay? That is urgent. You not being able to get your messaging client on your iPhone working because you updated something is not urgent. Well, it's not. I know that there's a whole lot of communication issues, and we'll talk about that in a second. Um, But we all need to be keeping in mind just be patient. Yes. Just like in a doctor's office, be patient. Uh, Along these lines, I think if, if we, by the way, speaking of emails, a lot of us have gotten really creative with our signatures. And out of office Well, I actually, I actually have fun with my out of office replies. I try to be as genuine as possible and as cheeky as possible. Like I'm not responding to email because I'm on a black ops clandestine mission for the government. I'm usually bushwhacking out in the outback and trying to find the long lost city. Okay, sounds good. (laughs) But the thing is, that's an out of office reply. With a signature, the information that you are adding to every email that you're sending has the potential to be scraped. And when I mean scraped, I mean accessed by certain software programs in some businesses that will take your email, your, home, your, your, your business work phone number, whatever information you're providing, and add that text to a database in which you will receive that spam or that unsolicited email coming into your inbox. Consider the environment before printing this email. How about you consider your signature and what information mm. you're providing, not just the person you are emailing, uh, another idea to consider as we're as we're having back and forth. We talked about the whole, uh, you know, bringing in the big guns from an email mega thread. When I have had more than three interactions with a client to try to get more information or this isn't working, uh, I call that email tennis. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, if, if I'm not able to resolve an issue within three responses, it's time for a uh, synchronous either video call Consult. A mm -hmm. consult or a phone call. Yep. I think that's very appropriate. Here's how we don't have to go back and forth, back and forth to create this long thing that will clutter up, our, not clutter up, but add a whole lot to our inbox. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the things after three rounds of email tennis, let's, let's schedule a consult because I think we'll be able to talk it out and have that kind of communication in which someone sharing their situation may be able to unlock something that would lead to a resolution. That's worked for me. I concur. Very cool. So, but here's the million dollar question. Okay. All I right. like a million bucks. Does your personal or work email need to be on your mobile phone when it already is on other tech devices? What work emails in this current state of being in society in 2020, as we approach 2021, are so urgent, yes, I'm invoking that word, to respond to that warranted you having an email app on your mobile device. And along those lines, with some email applications, you are giving telemetry. And for those of you not familiar with telemetry, that is data that is on your phone of various history contacts or other information about your phone to be transmitted to the app developer or the administrators of whom you are signing into. Is this app that you are installing on your phone worthy of that possible uh, side effect of getting that email that you would need to be immediately notified, no, not, notified, notified. About. Notified. You and I both have had clients that, specifically Android, this is a problem where you may be using a business side application like Outlook, uh, but there is a management policy that also gets thrown over the top. And if you use said application, you have to abide by the management policy of the business. And you and I have, uh, at least I, I'll speak for me, I've had clients that have basically said, I will not have business email on my personal device because of those policies, server side. Uh, well, and and not throwing, it's, it's up to every business to yeah. decide what level of uh, threat risk they wanna have. Because if your phone gets stolen and you don't have the proper security implemented already totally. on, on your device, the bad people, and I'm not just talking about guys, I'm talking yeah, about the bad, bad people, people yeah, yeah. will get access to information that could potentially harm your business or torpedo your business's bottom line. Totally. So um, that's something, is it really worth having that on your phone or can you get disciplined enough in 2021 to be able to let work be work yes. on this device? And when you're out and about, to actually be out and about and not be tied, anchored, chain, ball and chained to your work email. Something to think about. So let's talk about emojis. Okay, so this I wanted to bring up because this is something that I've seen surprisingly, uh, at least in, in our neck of the woods, emojis are being used a lot more. Oh, sure. Uh, and, and by people that I would not have expected it. And it's just been interesting because it made me think there's been studies with regards to uh, is emoji, should emojis be used in business? Um, there's a there's a, a link in the show notes. And for the love of all you wonderful email people out there, drink. drink. So uh, back in 2019, remember those days? Uh, Adobe. The did, good old days. <laughs> Adobe did a, a, a study and it, uh, in it, it basically revealed that 61% of emoji users admit of uh, they admit that they use emojis at work. And it's, it's just interesting to think of, but 61% of 
okay, admit that they use emoji for, for in their business communiques. The okay? smiley face, the sideways smile is a thing. But that's where this gets a little bit dark is that, you know, usually emoji is very casual. And I mean, in, I should say in the Western world here in the, in the United States, it is because in other cultures, emojis take on different connotations. The winky smiley face may not mean the same thing that you think it means in I, I don't another know, country in another country it might be an insult be careful exactly uh I, in a previous episode i mentioned that the uh the, da- uh, the danish they use because uh, a lot of the times their communication can come off very point blank very blunt very stoic they will actually inject an emoji or two um so that the message gets conveyed a little less sterilized as as i've as i've read so in it I, I've recognized, and you and I have talked about this on the show since we've been in lockdown, nonverbal cues, like being able to communicate in, in the sterilized environment of just uh, words on, on, on a screen. It's hard sometimes oh, to yeah. understand what the meaning is. So I've noticed that people have used emoji. Usually it's the smile or it's the frown or the shock Vom- or the vomit face. Yeah. No, I haven't had somebody use the vomit face on me. Oh, I'll be sure to message you that <laughs> after a while. Um, because you may read something and you don't know if the person is annoyed, if they are mad, or if they were saying it sarcastically. Some people do not pull off sarcastic in text very well. I understand that. And so I've noticed that, that that's probably why a lot of more people in business have accepted using emojis more. My, my advice for, to you, if you're listening to this going like, I will never use emoji in, in, in email, or if you're like, oh my gosh, have I used too much emoji? Know your audience, mm. okay? I I mean, any marketing uh, or PR person will tell you the same thing. Like when it comes to writing an email or using business messaging, know who you're writing to. Do you really want to do a winky face to your boss? Especially someone who you know to be adverse with technology yeah, or to be not a fan of having to use that blasted email or that blasted computer. Are you really going to have the memoji for all you Apple iPhone users for the uh, thumbs up? By the way, that okay emoji could be insulting to some people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I threw in uh, another link, um, Social Psychology and Personal Science. They actually did a, there's a um, quote, the dark side of smiley, the effects of the smiling emoticons uh, on virtual first impressions. Wow. So it's a, it's a research um, regarding kind of the darker side of what I was talking about. Again, misconstruing things. Mm-hmm. Also, the overuse, the the cascade of emojis. There are people that use so much emoji, Chris, that literally you'll see nothing but emojis in the communication. Rainbow, unicorn, star, winky face, frowny face, upside down, uh, pickle. Yep. And I usually <laughs> respond with something like to the effect of, I'm old, period. Please translate, period. Without emojis, period. Yeah. So, I mean, just... Again, you can overdo it in emoji, and especially in a business setting, it can, I don't know, de- uh, demote kind of your, uh, I don't know, credence to what you are trying to communicate sure. in, in abundance. You, 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 know what, you know who doesn't have an emoji? 
um, Camry 102.3 FM? That's right. But they are community powered without emojis even. And they're streaming all over the darn internet at KMRE.org. A big fan of KMRE.org is our once again in studio <laughs> special guest, my wonderful growling barking dog as we're recording this in my uh, casa. Ah, uh, the casa. Yes. So in case you hear any growling, that's not my tummy. Even though I'm hungry, it's my dog. So anyway, thank you. You're who's a good girl? Who's a good girl? <laughs> that's right. You're a good girl. You're now yeah. the new mascot. You're right. All right. So uh, I think we've beaten the emoji thing yeah, to death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I guess my my two takeaways is know your audience, and um, if if you do use emoji, try to use it in a uh, in a way that would convey you either being uh, trying to be friendly or bringing a level of honesty of what you're trying to convey to that person. Like uh, like Ron Burgundy said, stay classy. Stay classy. And stay professional. Yep. So let's talk about some messaging. Now, we've got the emails, which is could be the long form, but then there's also the SMS version of life. Yeah, yeah. So, and this is something that at the beginning of this that I, I, I can't remember if I mentioned it on the show or if I, I cut it out of the episode that I mentioned this in, quiet hours. Oh, yes. I uh, I just like we said, like if you're going to be doing the work email nine to five, we have a physical desk, physical location. But like you said, messaging and typically these apps are really prevalent on mobile device or tablet. However you do it. A lot of clients, uh, app clients have the ability to turn on and off quiet hours so that you will not get that boop at nine o'clock in the evening or 2 a.m when someone is burning the midnight oil and has different peak hours for their mental uh, capabilities when working. Or they're just in a different time zone. Yeah. Uh, no, so like, do look for that setting in whatever, I don't care if it's Slack, I don't care if it's uh, Teams, whatever, set quiet hours or sign out of messaging when you are not on the clock. And if you still have your phone as a alarm uh, and you keep it by your bedside, this is something that'll take one instance of an overnight or some evening kind of thing where you'll be like, where's that notification? It's usually in your settings app. Yeah. Uh, typically. So if I, if I had a, if I had a, uh, like TLDR, our, our conversation of email and, and messaging, I take a very French approach. Okay. In France, they have a law that's basically the right to disconnect. Oh, and basically it says, you know, especially in these COVID times, I think this is even more uh, applicable to those of us in the the hardworking mentality here in the United States, is that kind of like when you clock in and clock out, when we invite software that is our communicate systems of work on our personal devices, it stretches that nine to five. And in French law, they have the ability, uh, you know, once you are off, if an email comes in afterwards, you there's no recourse of like, oh, you can be reprimanded because you didn't see that email. No, I was off the clock, you know. Well, on behalf of all minimal technologists in America, I would like to tell the entire country of France, oh, vi- yeah. viva la right to disconnect. <laughs> so uh, I, I would, I would encourage, and I put a link to, to the uh, kind of a, a brief article what that, that actual law is. I'm, I am very much TLDRing it, but that's kind of the approach that I typically take when it comes to this, especially because w- our home is our office and our office is a home right now. Like, sure. It's the only way that I can find a balance, to be honest, Chris. Well, let's let's talk about you know some of the communication apps. You touched on Teams. If you're with a Microsoft shop, you've got Google Messages, whatever, whatever they're called this week. Hangout. Um, you've got Slack, mm-hmm. and you've got uh, the typical 
Google messages on your Android phone or your uh, Apple messages. Oh yeah. iMessage on on your iPhone. Um, And then there's also Picket. And so I want to give a shout out to all those privacy and security folks out there. You want to get away from having anyone have access to certain communication, whether it be a loved one or friends or even colleagues that you don't trust uh, some people in the business who may have access to certain communications. Check out Signal. If you haven't heard of Signal by now, it's it's what the kids are using nowadays, uh, privacy and security conscious kids. And then also uh, Wire. I got a couple links in the show notes. And for the love of all growling and barking dogs everywhere. Woof! Bark. Uh, <laughs> so Signal and Wire are two apps, platforms that have both desktop and mobile Apps are available. See store for details. That's right. Um, here's where it's end-to-end encrypted, and I touched base on this in episode 168 with ProtonMail and Tutanota as zero-knowledge email providers, meaning a rogue employee can't see what email you are receiving nor sending. Uh, same goes with these messaging apps. If you really want to go quiet and secret, share that secret that the teacher won't see you passing notes in class. Signal and wire are your definite <laughs> hookups. I want to give a public service announcement or at least a pro tip to save your career. Consider what you're actually transmitting to someone because we live in an era of the screenshot. And how easy is it? How many reputations have been destroyed? I hate to say this. How many marriages have ended? How many jobs have been lost because someone took a screenshot Mm -hmm. of what someone said or a little bit of snippet of a conversation and sent that off or publicized it online or sent it to a a person of authority? Be careful about what you transmit to anyone, even if it's a disappearing message feature. It still can be screenshotted. Word. So. <laughs> All right, John Oliver. Cool. I'm going to follow up uh, on something, I guess, two episodes ago that you brought up, which is our Project Huga, because it is the fall, buddy. Absolutely. Yes. And I talked about a question that my wife had asked me a, a, a while back. She goes, honey, baby, pumpkin, muffin of stud. That's what she calls me. <laughs> um, I don't know why. but um, if I am could- so sorry, Chris's wife. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to pay for that later. Um, (laughs) She asked me, if you could design your perfect Saturday, what would it entail? And I went off for a few minutes about uh, about that. But uh, AJ, I caught you off guard. You didn't really have time to be able to contribute. This is your time. AJ Barsay, how would you design a perfect Saturday? Oh, man, I'm going to be minimal on this one. So for me... And and if if you if you've been listening to the show, you've, you've you've probably noticed that for the last two weeks there hasn't been an episode. So Chris and I have quietly been trying to stay afloat and prevent burnout. To be quite honest, I have been struggling yeah, trying this, to keep. This is a real tough time. Yeah, just trying to trying to keep things afloat and try to keep things going. So for me, my my project Huga for a perfect Saturday is literally. Um, what I've done to try to help reset myself every week. And that is Saturday morning. I usually get up and I, it, you know, anybody who's listened to the show for the last four years knows that basically I get up in the morning, I make a cup of coffee and I grab my journal and it's usually my quiet time before said toddler, said wife, every, everybody wakes up, you know, and the house is not so quiet. And you get into dad mode. I, and I have to do dad mode. And that's the thing is, is that, you know, especially in in this era, like roles are like on 24 hours a day without the separation like you know and so for me having that whether it's five minutes some 
Saturday mornings um, or 50 minutes, being able to get that so that I can kind of, there's just a little glimmer of like me time. Um, no, I don't have a man cave or anything like that. It's just merely, I have more of a mental man cave, I guess, which is usually I, I journal or, um, do something that is not tech related. There is no screens on, in, on, in, in the morning for me, nothing. Hashtag analog life. Oh, analog explore all the time, buddy. Um, my current playlist is, um, I I have to give a shout out back to, to chill hop. One of their artists in the collective of chill hop goes by the name sleepy fish the album's called everything fades to blue oh doesn't it now it is a great morning or even evening if you're winding down album um it's just it's just that lo-fi but it's got i don't know it's got very much of a, a salish beat to me you know absolutely and 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 my dog approves of that mix too as well absolutely she was like yep preach <laughs> bark the other thing that i i try to do is uh, I practice turning off, okay? And I don't mean my devices, but mentally just turning off, okay? Like uh, the right to disconnect that I, I mentioned before is more of uh, literally disconnecting from everything. More often than not, I'm usually, even though I'm, I'm clocked off, I'm constantly thinking of the things that, oh, I need to I need to spin something up for this to happen. And, oh, did I, did I, oh, I really should follow up on that. And it's this constant churning in the back of my brain. Uh, that's exhausting. Yeah. And so in that morning time frame, for me, it's my, my time to go quiet. It is tinfoil hat, no radio signals. It, Walden's pond. Okay. We're going in Bellingham. in Bellingham in my mind type of a thing. Um, but also in that turning off, I also think about things that I can look forward to because still traveling is not as fluid as I, I, I could do in the past. And so trying to find small projects that I can look forward to. So I've done a few things to my truck. Um, not any, like, it's not like I have like a lift kit or anything on my truck, but just small things. Did else. you get the gun turrets? No, no, but I did some running boards on it. All right. Sounds good. Um, helps my preschooler get in my truck now. There it's you great. go. <laughs> you know, just little things, not retail therapy, but something that I've been meaning to do and a project that does not involve any pixels it involves a wrench mm-hmm. it involves uh my son helping me drive some some you know ratchet some stuff in little things like that so that i'm truly i can i, I i'm focusing on the moment at hand and not thinking about work Very or good. you know the rules that we have to do so that's my 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 preventing burnout edition of of uh project Huga is my saturday morning is th- practice turning off and chilling out quite frankly. If it, if it can be after the kiddos go to sleep. Yeah. However that time frame is a, for on you. On a weeknight. And if you can break away mentally from work or, you know, train yourself little small steps mm-hmm. to be able to take, uh, a, you know, make successful steps toward getting that place where you can mentally compartmentalize. Yeah. This is, this is my work mindset and now it's going to be my quiet me mindset and none the two shall meet nope very cool all right we got to wrap up soon let's talk about some quality assurance ah yes this is one of my favorite bits because these picks are picked for you by aj barsay and chris powell for your quality assurance my podcast uh subscriptions have been very limited i try a couple episodes of something that i think i might like and eventually i will unsubscribe from the podcast but there's one that i've really been enjoying and it's been around for a while but uh in in these current times of a whole lot of frustration angst anger unrealized uh expectations unmet needs 
uh, how we approach these adversities in life matter. And uh, there's an author named Ryan Holiday. He's got the Daily Stoic podcast. He really takes a deep dive, wrote and written a couple books about the Stoics, Seneca, Marcus Aurelius, a couple others as well. It's a quick hit, about two to three minutes per episode uh, to start your day. The Daily Stoic podcast is something that gives us a different mindset and perspective that while we are dealing with a whole lot of injustice about the situation, about why we have to wear a mask and why we can't do what we want normally want to do or why we have to work from home and why we can't have the freedoms, life, liberty, and the pursuit of all things Costco. Uh, I think getting a different perspective on how we respond and train ourselves to be better uh, is, is worth the time. And I get, I give a tip of the hat to the daily stoic podcast, AJ, What's on your quality assurance list? Yeah, Ryan's Ryan's show is pretty good. Um, mine goes uh, to Art of Manliness, AOM. Just dropped an, uh, a new episode at the time of this recording. The Chef's Secret to Organizing Your Life. And I've, I've mentioned this, this uh, French phrase before, mise en place. Anybody who's, who cooks, you know, everything has its place, mise en place. Um, mise en place. And now I get it. You mentioned this last episode and I'm like, uh, what? Yeah. So, so, yeah. so chefs have been doing this for oodles and boodles of years and nobody has ever really codified what it meant and basically found kind of the rights rules and regulations cross-culturally what mise en place is and how chefs you know have have this notion of um process time versus immersive time things Uh like what we're talking about with our our inboxes right chefs have this um uncanny and innate ability because of the business of food to optimize time where businesses don't see it. So for instance, uh, if you're a chef and you're getting ready for a dinner rush, if you don't preheat your oven before you start prepping your vegetables, if you just start, you know, dicing vegetables for, I don't know, uh, ratatouille or whatever, and you forgot to heat preheat that oven, well, at the end of it, you're going to have all these vegetables prep and nowhere to cook them because now you have to waste time before a dinner service. Uh-huh. And it's those notions that he kind of brings in in this episode of where businesses need to beg, borrow, and steal from chefs in the kitchen because nothing else has tighter margins than, you know, you, well, you have a, a, a tighter margins as well as um, personal issues because if you mix up ingredients, you can put somebody in the hospital. You know, because of sure. allergies. Yep. You have to... Too much chili powder instead of paprika. Yeah. You know, you can run the risk of ruining a dish, wasting food. Like, there is a lot of margin of error. And so, he he basically brought all of these secrets in and, and kind of flipped it on its head of how businesses can adapt it. For me, listening to it, I was like, Chris and I just do that. Cool. Tech mise en place. I'm going to I'm gonna segue something that's not on, on here. Something that bothers me, Chris. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, try me. Okay. I hate to-do lists. Really? I hate to-do lists. Huh. And it was funny, after listening to this episode, I realized why I have always hated to-do lists. For me, a to-do list is always this thing where you, let's say you start your day, you bullet journal, you do whatever. You put your list of stuff, right? Well, inevitably, we put way too much stuff on a to-do list to start with, okay? And on top of that, we do not have reasonable expectations of what the task time is worth. Kind of like the kitchen analogy. We see that chopping vegetables is going to take 30 minutes of prep, but we fail to put on that list like a reasonable expectation of the time it will take 
and the sequence of priority that must be taken for the, the objective to be done. Uh-huh. So in listening to this, I realized like, for instance, if you're a, a you know, and I, I see this even with some of our clients, like, oh, I have all this stuff I need to do. I have whatever is on your list. Well, what's, what's the order of priority? Well, I need to do this because this is really, what can you hammer out? What order of precedence needs needs to, for it to happen? As technologists, we kind of deal this because we have to deal with. Um, I, I recognize we there's routines and subroutines that we have to do. If script A doesn't get run, script B won't get launched. Sure. So it's an if then statement, and I feel like a lot of people. If you're if you're listening to me and you're like, oh, I do to do. Listen, I'm feeling fairly accomplished. Good for you. But here's the thing. How could you be more efficient? Because again, a chef could be a really good crepe chef, but the moment you want to do a savory crepe, it's a different way of cooking. So same thing with your to-do list. If you feel like you're productive, where can you find efficiencies in that to-do list? Because I can guarantee you, if you're just using it as a metric of like, oh, I got five things done in the day, as opposed to, well, how many hours did it take to get those five things? Mm -hmm. How much more things could you have gotten done in the same time? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sensing... Episode 170 with this uh, process time versus immersive time to do lists. This little episode from the Art of Man list, which we got a link to in the show notes. And for the love of cute puppies everywhere, woof, woof. Um, I think we might want to have a, a expanded discussion about this because we got to stick a fork uh, in this episode. Oh, that wraps it up for this two parter, twofer edition of the Bellingham Podcast. Thank you again so much for bringing us, for listening to us, rating us, reviewing us wherever you like to get our podcast. Remember, if you're in the Bellingham area, you might be listening to us on good old KMRE 102.3 FM. They're community powered. Even if you have 2% battery life left on your phone at KMRE.org. Let's wrap this up. Oh, and on that note, two out of three dogs agree. I'm AJ Barsay. And I'm the biggest dog in the kennel. I'm Chris Powell. Thanks once again for joining us on the Bellingham Podcast. Hey, Chris, quick, hit save it. 